All right, we are continuing in our series, The Characteristics of Disciples. And today, we are talking about hope. And our scripture comes out of Romans uh, chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Listen for the word of the Lord. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in hope of glory of God. Not only so, but we also in our suffering, also in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, character, hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. All right. As we go through these, hope is a fundamental, um, as all these characteristics are, characteristics to a disciple. When the world looks at us, as we talk about these characteristics, they should see these characteristics in us. And one of those, especially in tough times, in difficult situations, in suffering, one of those that the world should see in a follower of Christ is hope. All right, but it's not just a Pollyanna, just a hope, a optimistic hope. It is a hope that is grounded in truth. It is a hope, as some scriptures, some translations say, that is certain. It is guaranteed. In fact, I would say the only reason that it's in the category of hope is because it hasn't come to full completion yet. But the certainty of our hope and our salvation is absolute. Uh, leading up to this in Romans, Paul is talking about our righteousness and how, do we, how are we justified as being righteous even though we are not. And it's all about grace through faith. Our righteousness, our justification is, is given to us by God, received in faith. And the righteousness that we receive is not our righteousness, but it is Christ's righteousness. It is not our faithfulness, but it is Christ's faithfulness. So the reason our hope is certain and guaranteed is that it, it's because it has nothing to do with us and everything to do with God, everything to do with Christ. And so that's why our hope is certain. And that is the foundation of how we should live our lives and how we should uh, treat things that come, good and bad that come against us in this world or come for us in this world. In all things, mountaintops and valleys, uh, struggles and victories, a Christian, a follower of Christ has hope. I think Chuck Colson, I said this a few weeks ago, Chuck Colson, this is kind of strong, but he goes, despair is a sin because Christ has risen. Right? In the end, in the worst of the worst times, we always know that Christ is risen. And so we have hope. And as we look at our scripture, I think we, some of you might be familiar with, and I'm sure I touched on it at some point, the theological idea of the already and the not yet. Anybody familiar with that? I know some of our pastors probably are. But it's this theological idea of that dealing with hope, dealing with our salvation, that we have it already, but it's also not fully completed, so it's not yet. 
but we have part of it right now. And this is tied to our hope as Christians, our hope as a follower of Christ, because our scripture says that we have, had peace, we have peace through Christ with God. Second Corinthians says that we are in the ministry of reconciliation, right? And so God has given this, this ministry to those that have been reconciled to him through Christ. And so some scriptures, some places talk about it in, in harsh terms that because of sin, we are separated from God. We are enemies of God. We do not have peace with God. But through Christ, through our salvation, through being justified, we now have peace with God. And when we receive Christ, that peace comes into our heart. And we begin to live into it. Now, it doesn't happen just overnight all the time. Sometimes it does. I've heard testimonies about people that have went to bed. I would, when I was working a prison ministry, I heard about this dentist, or not that I didn't hear about it. He told me he was working with it, and he was telling how wild he was, and he was on drugs, and he was partying, and he was making a lot of money. And he, he, he said one night he went to bed, and he had this episode. He doesn't know if it was a dream or a hallucination, or, but one time... It was just God, his experience with God. He woke up and he was never the same. Never went back. Sometimes it happens like that. A lot of times, more times, it's, it's a grad, you have that experience, but then you begin to kind of grow into it. Some of that's wrestling with the flesh, the spirit and the flesh, going back and forth. But uh, it, it is part of us that we receive it right now whether it's an overnight transformation or the beginning of a long process, we have it already. I, I like to use the example when we talk about this, this kind of already, not yet, when it's our, our justification and sanctification. College, just think about college if it was a freshman year and you were unpacking in the dorm and the president of the university comes into your room and whatever your degree was, say it was in engineering. He comes and he gives you your degree, first day. Said, here you go. It's official, it's signed. It is a degree from that university in engineering. And then as he leaves, he said, we'll see you in class. Right? Because in that scenario, you get your end goal up front. And it's guaranteed, it's real but you still have to go through the process. And that's the same thing when we begin to talk about our salvation, our justification in Christ. In Christ, the day we, it is guaranteed. We are, we are part of the family. Um, we're talking about our anniversary. Last week we were talking about, I think we're going to North Carolina, we have some friends and they just bought a condo and, and so we're gonna go. And we were talking about it last week and it seemed like something we were going to do. But then last, at the end of the week, Desiree bought tickets. So we're still in the same place where we were as far as going to go, but now it's booked, right? Your salvation is booked. It is guaranteed. And so we have hope in that, in the already, in the here and now. It says that your spirit has been received, the spirit you received and bought you adoption as sonship. 
By him we cry, Abba, Father, and we are adopted into the family. We are part of the family. And once you're in the family, you're in the family. Now, I know us Methodists, other denominations say, oh, well, you believe you can lose your salvation. Well, not really. I mean, we believe in free will and choice and that you can turn your back on God. But I've never seen anybody that once they've given their heart and life ever turn back. I kind of call it the impossible possibility. Um, And so once you give, once you're part of the family, I have four kids, you all know that. We've had our episodes with all of our kids. They're all doing pretty good right now. And they're, but we, some of you with kids in my range understand that or older, you've had your ups and your downs. And yeah, it's had some times I've been very disappointed, had some times uh, been very upset. But just because that happened, they weren't out the family. Right? They're still part of the family, and I still love them, and we're going to correct and guide them, but they never stop being part of the family. And that is the same way when we receive Christ through faith, and then we are justified and we receive his righteousness becomes our righteousness, that is the beginning of our hope, the hope of a Christ follower. And it is in this world, it's like an inheritance You know, our scripture said that we're heirs. It is an inheritance. When you have an inheritance, it's yours, but it's not yet yours. And so it is guaranteed. But even in that guarantee, that doesn't mean we're just waiting until that day. Because we can start to live into the blessings of our salvation Right now, we begin to see things in this life. We begin to have greater joy. We begin to have greater peace in our lives. You begin to see the transformation in the here and in the now. So as we look at this transformation in the here and now, we know that it comes in many different ways. It comes through a greater peace, a greater love, a greater patience that you begin to find those treasures of heaven, not the treasures of earth, but the treasures of heaven that begin to, your life begins to change. Your relationships begin to change. They become better. You know, I tell people all the time, especially when I'm counseling marriage, and I've had actually had some people say, that, I, that complain about church, that it's either their wife or their husband. It takes too much time away from them. And, and I can see that to a degree, but I have had a different experience. You know, I've shared with you parts of my testimony, and I came from the world and from, uh, I grew up in Chicago, a single mom, wild hair, crazy, Right? And so Desiree and I eloped and we got married and she came back and she, she found herself married to me, right? Well, I was joking with uh, Granny, my mother-in-law, we call her Granny, her name's Barbara. We were driving home from our ski trip in New Mexico and she was telling me how she had always prayed for uh, her daughter to marry a pastor. And when we were married, I wasn't even thinking about being a pastor, And she goes, and now she's married to a pastor. I said, but when you were praying that, I'm sure you weren't thinking of me, right? (laughs) See? (laughs) Uh, She'll tell you. 
But so um, I lost my train of thought. I, got, I sidetracked myself. So I was talking about Desiree. I, she, she came home and she was married to me. And we had to, I had to learn how to be a husband over time. I am still learning how to be a husband over time. I think I'm getting better. That was a very, you know, people can see you, you know. All right, I better just leave that subject. No. But our relationship continued. God has been the difference in our relationship, right? It continues to grow as we continue to grow. And people that come in and, and see me, oh, I, I was getting to the point. I, I got my train of thought. But, so when we first were married and we moved to West Texas, I wor- worked a lot of retreats, prison ministries, walks, and different things. And I would hear, I mean, I was in my 20s and I was fresh from Chicago and Desiree was, I was a new Christian, fresh from the world, deep in the world. And I'd go work these things, and I would hear husbands that would uh, say, oh, yeah, my wife's gone, or mad, I'm gone on another weekend, and I'm working this Christian thing, and she's getting mad because she thinks I'm spending too much time at church. And I'd, they'd go, what about you? I said, no. If it's Christian, my wife is packing my bags and sending me out the door. Because she knew the closer I got to Christ, the better husband I was, the better father I was. And so Christ, we begin to see the fruits of our salvation in the here and the now, in, in the already. But the glorious part of that with God, it's not just in the blessings, it's not just in the good stuff. It's also, our scripture says, in the suffering that we experience God's grace. It is in the hardships that God shapes us, informs us, and that we can come out of those times with a stronger hope than when we went in. That's to the glory of God. And it's not only that, it's, it's kind of part of our process. In the sense, when we go through hard times, they can either push us like a wedge I've talked about. Um, they can either push us further away from God or they can push us further to God. And so it becomes a part of our process when we go through trials, when we go through suffering, it pushes us a little more this way to perseverance. And if we continue in perseverance, it pushes us a little more towards character. And if we continue to let us push us, it pushes us all the way down to hope because we made it through. Might be scarred and bruised, but we might, we're probably better off for it. I told you, all the major, all the major, I wish it was different, but all the major times of transformation in my life, it has not been when things are going good. Usually that's when I backslide or fall. It's been when things are a struggle. And I'm focused. And I'm like, man, Lord, I need your help. I don't have control. I'm not in charge of stuff. I've had my biggest growth and, and experience most transformation through hardships and trials. Either created for me by other people's sin or created for me by my own. But always giving it to God. God will always bring you out. In Romans 8, it tells 28, it says, God takes all things. Everybody say all things. 
all things, the good, the bad, the mountaintops, the struggles, God takes all things and works them for our greater good and for his glory. And so in this already time, it's not just the blessings of our salvation, but it is also the trials and the tribulations and the sufferings, that, like, like a diamond, right? The pressure forms that diamond and it comes out from just this carbon junk into this beautiful diamond. And then when it comes to the earth, I mean, it's unearthed, then it's cleaned and polished and, and made so it shines even brighter. And that's what God does for us in the here and the now. And we don't have to, to worry about what our inheritance in Christ, the finished product of our salvation, the fulfillment of our sanctification. Because again, it is not based on us. It is on God's promises. It's on the faithfulness of Christ and the righteousness of Christ, not on ours. And so we can be sure of it. And not only that, it was funny. Josh didn't know what I was preaching on this week. He called me and I think he was talking to somebody. He goes, how can we be sure of our salvation? And I said, faith and the power of the Holy Spirit. Remember when we started this discipleship, those were the two things that made the difference between the acts of the apostles of the gospels and the disciples of acts. Faith through the resurrection was firm and for sure, because they had their experience with the resurrected Christ, and then the Holy Spirit. And our scripture says that, right? It says uh, that we have a testimony from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit testifies to our, in, in chapter 8 of Romans, it says, it witnesses to our spirit that we truly are children of God. And so this is very Wesleyan, right? His... his uh, Altersgate experience where he, was, he had heard the, the commentary from Luther on Romans over and over, but this time his heart was strangely warmed. Have you ever had one of those experiences where you're questioning things or, or you want to have peace in your life in the midst of the storm and all of a sudden it comes for without any explanation or it doesn't make sense, but you know that you know that you know. That's that witness of the Spirit. I can't explain it, but I know it. And if you've had it, I don't need to explain it, because you know it. God's Spirit bears witness to our spirit. And I won't go into that too much, because after Easter, we're going to have a series on the Holy Spirit. But, so, the final thing. So we've talked about the night the already but we also have the not yet. And not yet, boy, that's the, that's the juicy one. All right, the not yet. Because not yet is what is to come. When our salvation is fulfilled and completed. The not yet. I mean, I was thinking about that and I was just like, it made me smile as far as the not yet. And it depends where we are. Sometimes I think we lose the glory of the not yet in our culture because in our culture, in our communities where we find ourselves, we are, I don't know, maybe it's a curse. We are so blessed materially, right? Um, in our community, you know, if you look throughout history, we're probably in the top 
0.00-something percent of, those, of wealthy and those that have been comfortable in their lives. Most people that are live today and live throughout history, life's been hard and it's been a struggle. And it, 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 that shapes how you read the Bible, what you focus on. I was in seminary and I took a class, you won't believe this, Ashley, but I took a class in hymnody. I didn't even know that was a thing. Uh, but I needed like a two-hour credit and I took hymnody. And it was actually a very interesting class. But one of the things it talked about was in the times, and obviously it's a current event and a, a touchy topic, but in the times when uh, we had slavery in America, they were talking about uh, African-American spirituals. And they did a study from the, those that were in uh, white churches at the time. And, and what, the, what they found in the songs, the white churches that were very comfortable in the world tend to focus on God's presence in the already because it was so good. And those that were in very difficult situations and suffering tend to sing about the glory to come. And it's really not one or the other, it's both. It's the already and the not yet. But I was thinking about this, and, and you, if you all would see me, I don't have Brody anymore around all, during the week to help, but when Brody was around, I, when I would practice my sermon, boy, I would get into it. I, and so I'd be, in this situation, I did it a little bit, Brody wasn't around. But I started thinking about the already and the not yet, and I said, another name for that is, you think this is good, just wait. Right? And so I was practicing, I was going, so you think this is good, just wait. Right? Just wait. Right? But that's what it is. That's the already not yet. If you've experienced peace, a greater peace in your life, a greater joy in your life, your relationships are better than they used to be. And, and I mean, you're not perfect, but boy, it's, it's sure much, it's a lot better than it used to be. And you have those times of peace and joy that are overflowing and God gives you those mountaintops and you've had that experience in your life. I just want to tell you, you think that's something. Just wait. Just wait. You know, Revelations 21 says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. I saw a holy city, a new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven. God prepared a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud voice on the throne says, Look, God's dwelling place is now among his people. He will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain. Or the, for the old order has passed away and all things are being made new. You know, that's at the end of the Bible. That's how the story ends. And so as a Christian, we know how the book ends. We know how the movie finishes. So we should always have hope in the things that God has blessed us with today to testify to his existence in our life, his presence, how we see those tangible things manifested in our life today, but also of the things that are yet to come. You know, even here in this life, 
I know God's been working on me for many years, since my early 20s. And boy, I've come a long way, like we prayed last week. I, I, am, I am not what I used to be, thank God. I know I'm not what I should be, but I'm not yet what I'm going to be either. I'm not done. And so as good as the already has been in my life, as good as that's been, I know it doesn't compare to the not yet. If I think this is good, if you think this is good, if you, if you haven't realized the goodness of this, you need to put yourself into it more because God wants to bless us as much as we're willing to let him bless us. He's not going to override our free will, our free choice. If you don't want to be in his presence, if you don't want to grow in your faith, if you don't want any of that, if you're not intentional about it, God says, I gave you free will, that's your choice. But God wants to bless us. God wants us to experience that peace that goes beyond this understanding of the world, a love that is selfless and real and growing. He wants us to experience all the fruit of, those, the, the, of the Spirit. He wants us to experience all of that. But we got to choose him too. And we got to choose him daily. But for those that have had these experiences, these little mountaintops, have seen the change in their life, has, have experienced these tangible um, manifestations of their salvation in this life, you think that's good? Just wait. And when you say it like that, how can we have anything but hope? but hope. Let us pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for your grace and for your mercy. Lord, I thank you that in your son, Jesus Christ, we have been justified by grace through faith. Lord, help us to always know deep within our hearts the joy of our salvation Help us to always not, to not look at the things of the world, to not look at us, but to look up at you. Help us, as Hebrews says, to fix our eyes on Christ and the promises God has given us, knowing that God has never broken a promise. And the promises that he has yet to fulfill and the final redemption of his creation are as sure as the redemption we've received in our life today. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.